Hello, and welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are a faith-filled, family-focused church located in Lakeville, Minnesota. In a moment, you will hear a sermon from one of our pastors. We hope that you enjoy and grow closer to God through these messages. And now, for a message from our lead pastor, Derek Ross. Well, good morning. It's great to see you. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for most of you sticking around and not leaving after the kids were done, like uh, some were in the habit of doing, but they were here in the first service as well. It's great to be with you. My name is Derek, and I'm the lead pastor here at Celebration. We're continuing our Christmas at Celebration series. This is week number three. Now, Celebration Church is filled with people from uh, all different kind of backgrounds and upbringings. Some people grew up in church. Some people did not grow up in church. Some people grew up in Minnesota. Some people grew up uh, in the South. Some people grew up in other countries. So there's a wide variety of people. If you grew up in a liturgical church, probably Catholic or Lutheran, you might know what an Advent wreath is all about. If you did not grow up in that type of church, maybe you've only seen wreaths on the front of doors. Whatever that is, that's okay. Christmas is full of traditions that we participate in that there's not a scripture verse telling us how to do it, right? For instance, this might be a struggle for some of you that are from Minnesota and grew up Catholic or Lutheran and are of Norwegian descent. But I'm gonna ask a question and I'm gonna ask for a response. Of which it would help me if you didn't just stare at me blankly. As some of you are in the habit of doing. How many people grew up in some kind of church? You went to church as a kid. Let me see your hand. All right, how many people you didn't go to church as a kid, new to this whole thing? By the way, it's a complete opposite of our time in Kazakhstan. When we were there, there was no adults that grew up going to church. Well, they grew up Muslim, but they didn't grow up going to church like we do. And now they're praying for their kids. So most in the room grew up in some type of church. Now it's different types of churches here than where I grew up in Seattle. How many people you grew up in a liturgical church, Catholic, Lutheran type setting, you went as a kid, all right. How many people grew up in the type of church I did, celebration, kind of a Pentecostal charismatic church? It was like painful for you to wait this long to raise your hand, wasn't it? You were just like, ooh, ooh, pick me. I want to say something, right? There's different things. Uh, How many people grew up here in the Minnesota, let's go upper Midwest area. We'll include Wisconsin, Uh, all right. How many people you grew up somewhere warmer? and happier. Come on, somebody. That's, that's everywhere. I think even the Antarctic is colder or warmer than us. I don't know what it is, but it's awesome. I can get used to this kind of winter that we're having here in Minnesota. It's great, right? Um, there's a lot of traditions we have in your nativity scenes or sets at home. Uh, many of them have a three wise men. Well, we don't know for sure they were the Magi, but we know for sure they weren't there when Jesus was born. Spoiler alert, you know, you don't have to go home and throw your nativity scenes away. It's a tradition. It's okay that yours is not historically accurate. It really is. It's okay. They showed up two years later bringing those gifts to Jesus. Uh, we're we're going to light these candles. And normally, we light the Jesus candle last because tradition would state we got three purple, we got uh, a pink, and the white candle represents Jesus. And it's the one we light together on Christmas Eve. 
But as Pastor Josiah mentioned, Christmas Eve is on a Sunday, so we're going to have services at our regular time, uh, 9 and 10.45. And uh, you can come at 10.15 like he encouraged you to. It won't bother me at all, but we'll start at 10.45. Uh, normally, we wait to light the Jesus candle till the very last because we're celebrating the birth of the Messiah. But we only have four Sundays in December for for me to light different candles, and there's five candles. So five candles, four weeks. If you're not good at math, this is the lesser. By the way, if you're good at math, this is still the lesser. It's the same either way. It doesn't matter if you're good or... So we're going to light the Jesus candle first. That's what Pastor Vicente said they do upstairs at Celebration Espanol. I told him it's wrong. But it's just tradition, so it's right this year. And we're emphasizing the fact that Hope and joy and love and peace are all because of Jesus. And so we'll light those candles uh, in a minute after I read our verses. So we're in Isaiah chapter 9. If you have a Bible, you can turn there. If not, it's going to be on the screen as well. And if you're able, would you stand to your feet? Let's read God's Word together. It's our same passage of verses uh, every time we gather here this year, Isaiah or this month. Isaiah chapter 9. Our theme verse will be verse 3 for today as we're talking about joy. But here's what the Bible says. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Of those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. By the way, this is referring to the spiritual nation. The people of God is what he's referring to, not just the, the border of their physical nation. Verse 6, for unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. The government will be on his shoulders, and he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no and he'll reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. It's the zeal of the Lord Almighty that will accomplish this. We're talking about joy here today. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity, not just to be grateful for what you're doing in the lives of our kids, but, but to give you thanks for the great gift of your son, Jesus. We ask Holy Spirit, give us ears to hear what you're saying. Help us all leave different, more like you, Lord Jesus. We pray it in that name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. You may be seated. We're going to light these candles uh, now. We're beginning with Jesus. We, we uh, mentioned that already. It's because of Jesus. Then on the first week, we talked about hope. If you were here, you might remember. If you were not, maybe you watched it online, but we talked about hope uh, for inner healing, for physical healing, and for eternal salvation. Then we talked about peace. We need peace, and today we're doing joy. No, wait. Sorry, we're on pink. Is joy. Sorry, all the Lutherans were about to get mad at me. But that's okay. It's just tradition. I could light the purple one if I want to but it's all right. We, we fixed it. We're uh, back in the good graces of everyone. So today is uh, joy, the pink candle. So uh, one of my favorite Christmas carols is joy to the world. It was written by Sir Isaac Watts in 1719, four years before Pastor Dan was born. In the first service, I said right before I was born and people didn't understand the joke. They got it clearly with you, Pastor Dan. I don't know what that says. 
about us, but he was an English minister, and the lyrics are a Christian reinterpretation of Psalm 98. And so this is a Pastor Dan factoid. I want to give him uh, credit for this. Since the 20th century, Joy to the World has been the most published Christmas hymn in all of North America. I don't know what you're going to do with that knowledge, but now you've learned something thanks to Pastor Dan. Uh, I love the whole song, but I especially love the opening phrase. It says, joy to the world, the Lord is come. And that's what we're celebrating. Because of Jesus, because he has come to us, not just our attempt to make our way to him, but that he has come to us. Because of Jesus, we now have joy. All right, look there on your note sheet. Got three things, and then we're gonna pray again. We've only got time for two songs of worship at the beginning, but we're moving the rest of our time to the end of our gathering so that we have opportunity to call the pastors and prayer partners forward, and we're gonna pray for your needs, your miracles before we leave. Uh, So number one, God gives joy to us. This is heaven coming down to earth. By the way, I think here you can understand this is like God gives Jesus to us. Because of Jesus, we have joy. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 11 read like this. This is the Christmas story, really. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping their watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. Come on, somebody. That's great news still for us today. I mean, technically, I guess it's good news and great joy, but you know what I'm saying? Like, that's great news for us that the savior has been born to us. We don't have to get to him because spoiler alert, We've tried and we weren't able to. And no amount of trying will ever be able to. So thanks be to God, he sent his son to us. And now because of Jesus, we have joy. But I think this passage of scripture is descriptive of the plight of humanity. The Bible says the shepherds were in their fields at night. Dare I say that humanity apart from Christ is stuck in a constant period of night, of darkness. No matter what we do on our own, apart from Christ, we are stuck in darkness. We recognize that many children, even some adults, have a a fear of the dark. They're afraid of the dark. And therefore, we should not be surprised. For those who are living apart from Christ, that they find themselves in this constant state of darkness, we should not be surprised when they live in a constant state of fear. Because apart from Christ, on our own, we're always in the dark. The angel's message was quite simple. They said, fear not, or our translation says, do not be afraid. We look back throughout history And we see so many problems. We can look at our world today and we see so many struggles that apart from Christ are destined to cause great fear in our lives. Things like economic concerns and relational struggles, political upheavals, religious pressure. All of these things that we see have become commonplace in our world today 
naturally speaking, we'll all create this downward spiral of fear that we are stuck in. Therefore, we need the hope of Jesus Christ. Now, this downward spiral that we see our nation in, I'm preaching on joy today. It's not exactly the happiest message that I've ever preached, but you did get to see Charlie Brown Christmas with the kids, and so hopefully you're still happy about that. But Jesus gives us words of encouragement. Now, stick with me through the whole text, because for a while, what Jesus talks about sounds pretty depressing. It sounds like Charlie Brown, if you will. Here's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24 and verse six. You'll hear of wars and rumors of wars. Have you heard of those things these days? It's not just back then, but it's still happening today. I think it's happening at an ever increasing rate. And Jesus said though, but see to it that you are not alarmed. Side note, first service didn't get this. I didn't say it, but I just want to just mention, maybe you would be less alarmed if you turned down the amount of news intake that you are participating in. I don't get that alarmed, but that's because I really don't pay attention. I figure if it gets bad enough, one of y'all is going to tell me anyway. (laughs) Pastor, we got to pack up. We're going to the country. We're going, I don't know, whatever. We'll figure it out. But I'm just saying, if you find yourself constantly alarmed, maybe check the sources that are speaking into your life the most. All right. See to it that you are not alarmed. Jesus said such things must happen, but the end is still to come. Nations will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places. And all of these things are the beginning of birth pains. Now, if you think that was discouraging enough, wait till Jesus continues. This is what he said. Then you'll be handed over and persecuted and put to death. Thanks, Jesus. I thought we were preaching on joy, Pastor Derek. Keep reading. He says, you'll be hated by all the nations because of me. Side note, let them hate you because of him, not because of your personality. Moving right along. (laughs) At that time, many will turn away from the faith and will betray and hate each other. Many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. And because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. Consequently, I think 2,000 years ago, Jesus was describing the days that we are living in. So some of you are wondering, well, Pastor Derek, when is the end going to come? I'm not totally sure, but I am quite positive, scientifically speaking, that we're closer today than we've ever been. If you don't understand that, somebody will tell you that on Tuesday. It'll make sense. I'm saying, tomorrow, we're going to be closer than we were today. He's coming back. We just don't know when, so we need to be ready so that when he does, we're here. Verse 13, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. That's why we can have joy. We don't take joy when we see another nation rising up against another nation. We don't take joy when people are going hungry and don't have enough to feed their family. We don't take joy when injustice and problems of this world, we take joy because we know if we'll stand firm to the end, he will save his people. 
And the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. So clearly, joy is not coming from within us, or joy is not coming because of us. Joy is only coming because God gives joy to us. How does it do that? He gave Jesus for us. This is why we have joy today. Because of Jesus, we have joy. Jesus is the great light in the midst of utter and complete darkness. Jesus was, is, and always will be the light that shines brightly. And the Bible says that the darkness cannot overcome. Can I get a good amen? But I love this. The concluding words in the angel's message to the shepherds was, today a savior has been born to you. That ought to encourage almost everybody here today. The shepherds were not wealthy. They were not royalty. They weren't even popular. They were lowly and smelly. (laughs) And yet the message is that Jesus came for them. He came for you. A savior has been born to you. By the way, regardless of your birth line or your bank account size, the savior that came for those shepherds, he's come for you and me as well. We don't have to have things figured on our route. God knew that we couldn't do it. So he sent Jesus for us. You know, different world religions have within them their spiritual practices, ways in which you can try to attain or achieve this sense or state of joy. Oftentimes it's through a lifetime of sacrifice and hardship and suffering that maybe you'll one day be good enough to achieve this joy. But thanks be to God who knew there wasn't enough good things that we could do. There weren't enough lifetimes of suffering we could endure for us to achieve or joy. Therefore, he said, we just need to receive. And he sent Jesus for us. Jesus left heaven, came to earth, was born as a little baby boy, lived a perfect life, died in our place, took the price or paid the price, took the punishment that you and I deserved for our sins, but we couldn't pay and he paid it for us, died on the cross in our place, but didn't stay dead. He was buried for three days in a borrowed tomb. It was a temporary living arrangement. And on the third day, the father raised him back to life and now he's living forever in heaven, right at the right hand of the father, praying for you and I today so that we could have joy. And the way that we have joy is by receiving Jesus into our life. If you're here today, you need that kind of joy. Uh, You can have him, you can have that joy as accepting him in your life before you leave here today. Number two, we share joy with others. It's not just that God gives joy to us, but that we share joy with others. God gives us joy. That's this vertical heaven comes down to earth, but then we share joy with others. It's the way we live in these horizontal relationships that we have here in life. Obviously the shepherds must have shared the joy because here we are today. Joy didn't just stay in the manger, but it spread throughout throughout the world. And now we share the same joy that those shepherds enjoyed that night. But it wasn't just the shepherds who spread the joy of the Lord. Look at this in Acts chapter eight, verses four through eight. The Bible said, those who'd been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. And what's the result of all of that supernatural activity? There was great joy in that city. 
It wasn't just the shepherds who shared their joy with others. It was the early church as well. The the believers, the followers of Jesus Christ did everything they could to share their joy with others. I remind you here in the book of Acts chapter eight and throughout history, hard times have never hindered the church of Jesus Christ. Hard times have cramped our comfort, may have made us uncomfortable, but hard times, dare I emphasize even persecution has never truly hurt the church of Jesus Christ. Because through persecution, through challenges, through turmoil, through tough times, as followers of Jesus have been scattered, they spread the joy that they've received into new areas, into new places. Look at this. Verse four says, those who had been Scattered. The truth is, I think these first century believers, the early church, were not too unlike you and I today. Now, they didn't have all the technological advances and uh, advanced things in medicine and that kind of stuff, but humans have a desire for comfort. We, we tend to avoid pain if we're given the choice. And I think those believers like you and I, if we're given the choice, we choose to stay with our friends and keep our friend group and our relationships. We don't really like branching out and meeting new people. And sometimes it's in the difficult moments of life that we're forced out of our comfort zone that I believe can be the greatest Holy Spirit moments of evangelism in our lives because there's something about allowing tough times or pain in our life to propel the gospel through us that gets us realizing that we're here on earth for a cause that's bigger than ourselves. We've been placed here, not just for our own salvation, but to spread the good news of Jesus Christ with everybody we come in contact with. If we will allow the Holy Spirit to work through us in our tough times, he'll bring his goodness and his grace to other people who are going through similar times as well. Now on Friday night, we gathered together. We had our staff and board Christmas party and we enjoyed some wonderful food and played some games. And, uh, but the Fitzpatricks were unable to be with us. They were at the emergency room for their daughter, Abby. And as we finished the party, I was texting Eddie. I said, hey, I'm gonna head out there. Uh, he said, well, be careful, pastor. It's a war zone in here. All these kids are coughing all over everybody. <laughs> he said, dot, dot, dot but just more people we have opportunity to pray with. Think about it. They were there because their daughter is struggling and and going through stuff and we're trying to figure, or we're asking the doctors, will you help figure out what's going on? But even in a moment of personal crisis, if we'll allow the Holy Spirit to use us, we might be a blessing to other people going through struggle as well. But most of us would not choose on a Friday night, let's go visit the ER and see who needs prayer. I know four of you are so super spiritual. You're like, we do it every Friday. The Lord bless and keep you. (laughs) The rest of us are like, I'm not at work finally. I don't want, but when we're forced into tough times, if we'll simply ask the Holy Spirit while we're praying for our own miracle, while we're asking for God's goodness and grace in our life, Holy Spirit, would you show me someone that I could be a blessing to? Because that really is the opportunity we've been given as followers of Jesus. Dare I say, it's the responsibility we've been given. 
to share his joy with others. I believe there's great opportunity for kingdom expansion while you navigate tough seasons in your life. I think if if you lose your job and it's mass layoffs at your company, I think it's an opportunity for you to share the joy that only Jesus can give with a coworker in that tough time. Now, it's not one of those things where we're praying, God picked my company this week just so I can share your joy. (laughs) Right? Right? Okay, like you weirdos, don't pray for your company to close. Like I'm just saying, but if there's a downturn in your life, ask the Holy Spirit, is there people that you would allow me to share your joy with? Because wherever you find yourself, you can share your joy with others like the early believers. I I love the testimony that we read about them here. It says, they preached the word wherever they went. I pray that you're so full of the word of God, you can't help but spread the good news of the kingdom of Jesus Christ to others that you encounter. It says they, they prayed for people and they were healed. Come on, how many people want to pray for people and see them get healed? The, the, this is what's happening. It says that people with impure spirits were delivered. The impure, spirit, impure spirits came out of many. Many were paralyzed, lame were healed, and there was great joy in the city. I'm praying that God would use us like he used them to bring great joy to our city. Seven people believe with the pastor that we can still bring great joy to the city. That's okay. They preached, they prayed, they saw miraculous signs and wonders, and we're praying that God would use us to bring great joy to our city. Come on, we're believing for great signs and wonders in our city still today. We're believing, come on, for physical healings in our city still today. Just, we're, we're climbing. We're believing for deliverances from evil spirits in our city still today. Come on, if I had a longer list, I believe I could get everybody on board believing for great joy in our cities because of Jesus working through us. Amen? I'm telling you, there will be great joy in our cities when we see these things taking place again. And that's the opportunity and responsibility we have as his followers. It's what the shepherds did. It's what the early church did, and I'm praying it's what we will do as well. And so in a few minutes, we're going to do just that and pray for you. If there's a need in your life, we're going to pray and uh, believe that God will do a miracle in your life. Number three, I want to get to this, and uh, then we'll spend the rest of our time praying. Number three, our testimonies bring joy back to God. This is kind of completing this triangle of joy. We noticed this as we were working on it on Monday, that, that God gives joy to us, we share joy with others, and then our testimonies, the way we live, the words that we speak, the actions of our lives, the way we live, bring joy back to God. Luke chapter 10, verses 17 to 21, reads like this, the 72, Jesus commissioned them to go out, make a difference, returned with joy, and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. And he replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, don't rejoice that the spirits submit to you. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. At that time, Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit 
said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you've hidden these things from the wise and the learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. Isn't it fascinating to learn that we can bring joy back to God? That the way we live, the words that we say, our testimonies, our obedient actions. Jesus told them, go out and do these things. They did them and they brought the good report back to Jesus and they were filled with joy. Let me just say, there's no greater joy after receiving Jesus in your life than to go and be part of his ministry in your city. When you pray for people and they're healed, you will be filled with great joy. When, when you pray for people and impure spirits come out of them, they're radically changed in a moment. The power of God comes into their life. You will be filled with joy. I'm telling you, when you use your life to make a difference for eternity, you will be filled with joy. Being in ministry in other people's lives is one of the greatest ways to increase the amount of joy in your life. When we think about ourselves and we focus on our own life and our struggles and our problems, it's so easy to be robbed of joy. But when we give ourselves to others, I'm telling you here, we are, we will be filled with joy. The 72 had gone out and done the work that Jesus had aside of them. They were spreading the good news of the kingdom in different towns and regions. They were driving out the darkness by sharing the light of Christ. Demons submitted to them because of Christ in them. And it's still the same commissioning he gives to you and I today. That we're to go and share the light of Christ, to demonstrate his kingdom through acts of power. And those testimonies will bring joy back to him. Jesus gave thanks to God at their report and he praised the father in heaven because his followers had believed with faith like little children. The believers didn't come like little children. They just believed like they were little children. You know, little kids, they believe whatever their parents tell them. And then they get old enough to Google something and they're like, hey dad, we need to talk. I'm like, mind your business. Google doesn't know everything. And they were like, it says that you would say that and actually Google knows more than you. I'm like, I'll break Google. Anyway, no, no, just come on, little kids who just believe their parents, let's have that type of little kid faith that says God has sent me to do this and this is what our life is gonna look like and therefore we can go, we can act obediently at what he sends us to do. And I believe our lives that are filled with obedient actions to what he says bring about great testimonies. So the team's gonna come back out or start coming back out and in a minute, we're gonna pray. But there's a lot of different types of testimonies. We've talked about salvation testimonies. There's no greater testimony than somebody who was lost in the darkness of their sin. They were gonna suffer eternity apart from the Father in heaven. Giving your life to Jesus Christ, you become saved. It's the greatest testimony of all. It's the only eternal miracle, the miracle that will never fade. It will last forever. Salvation testimonies. We've heard of physical testimonies. I've shared physical healing testimonies. I've shared some of that. You've heard from other people. There's inner healing testimonies, people who've been set free. There's financial testimonies. We heard one of those today in the video from Herson and Maria Teresa when God has come through in your life. You know, the way we worship, the words that we sing in worship are a testimony to others. The Bible actually talks about that. We, we've shown that. How you help your neighbor, the way you live, is a testimony about what you believe. 
Some of us need to make sure our testimony is good, but I'm just saying how we live is also a testimony. There's so many testimonies, and I'd love to stop for all of today and just keep listening to them, but uh, I've decided in January, I'm just preaching on testimonies, and I've titled it, it's not going to be a new word to some of you that have been with us, it's a Hebrew word, aduth, which uh, really is to testify, it means God do it again with the same power and authority. So January is going to be all about testimonies and miracles, and we're going to do that. But before we get to January, I know there's many people who've been going through it. You've been in and out of the hospital. Uh, I was just notified on Thursday, had a good friend who passed away after a two-year intense battle with a rare combination of aggressive Parkinson's and Alzheimer's at the same time. I uh, passed away on Thursday. and Now, he's completely healed forever. He's in glory, but, but friends and family were left behind with that ache and pain. And it's similar to some of your stories who've lost loved ones here in this season. Maybe uh, you've been struggling financially and then there's this season where there's expectation of gifts and comparison with your kids. And you're like, I don't know how I'm going to make it. Some of you uh, are in need of a relational miracle. You, there's people who will gather at these times with family and some family members have committed atrocities against others and you don't know how you're gonna handle So we're, we're gonna pray because the truth is I, I can't light a candle that just says, here, have joy, you'll make it, but we can pray. And that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna ask God to do a work in your life, to do miracles. We're believing as we prayed in the first service for people to be physically healed today. We're, we're believing for, for hearts to be mended today. We're, we're praying, you know, before we leave, if, if there's sin in your life, we'll give you that opportunity join six people in the first service and say, I want to be forgiven forever. But this is a day where we're going to pray. Because the apostle Paul said it this way. He said, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. That you'd be filled with joy and peace. Truth is, the struggles of this life, of our world, the, 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 the bodies that are breaking down and loved ones that have passed, the struggles in our lives, they all crowd out the joy and the peace that God wants to give to us. And we're going to pray today, like the Apostle Paul, that the God of hope would fill you with all joy and peace. And as there's this increase of joy in your life, it's going to push out the cares and concerns of this world. But we're going to pray and believe. So I'm going to ask if you're able, if you'd stand to your feet here today, and I'm going to ask our pastors and prayer partners, if they would, they'd make their way down to the front and I'm gonna pray for us and then we're gonna have time to respond. We've on purpose designed about these next 10 minutes before we need to leave to pray and believe that God is gonna do what only he can do. If there's a need in your life in a moment, we're gonna ask that you'd step out. Now, maybe you wanna come and stand in the gap for somebody else, a loved one, a family member that needs a miracle in your life. And so we're gonna pray over these next 10 minutes and then we'll have a dismissal but, and then we'll pray as, as long as we need to. We want everybody to be able to be prayed for, but I'm just gonna ask everybody to, to stick around. Let's make this atmosphere of faith and, and belief as they lead us in song. Let's pray for those that are in need of a miracle and lift up those other people. So let me pray for us. And when I'm done praying, you can step out and we'll pray with you here today. Heavenly Father, we're praying right now that you would do what only you could do. You would be faithful to your word. And we pray today the words of the apostle Paul and we ask May you, the God of hope, fill your people with all joy and peace as they trust in you. So Father, I pray, even as people begin to step out, is that as an expression of their trust in you, as they 
give their prayer requests, their need to these people, these men and women full of faith who've been used in gifts of power, acts of healing. And so we ask that as we put our trust in you today, that you would fill us with all joy and peace. And we ask it in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. If there's a need in your life, step out as the team leads us in song. We wanna pray with you here today before we leave. Let's just lift our needs to the Lord here today. Step out in Jesus' name. We hope that you learned something from this message and are able to apply it to your life. If you gave your life to Jesus for the first time or the 10th time, reach out to us on Facebook or email us at info at celebrationchurch.net. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you again next week.